Welcome to the Happy Successful Massage Therapist. I am Eric DeGeer, business coach, massage therapist, game designer, and your host. This podcast deals with a wide range of interests framed within the five mountains, physical, mental, financial, relational, and spiritual. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to Happy Successful Massage Therapist. We are taking a fun break from the normal five mountains scenario and we are bringing on some special guests that I wanted to interview but didn't quite fit into the normal five mountains scheme. So today we're actually talking with the man behind the curtain, the magician who piddles and paddles and edits and works all the little editing tricks that you hear within the episode and within actually the Happy Successful Massage Therapist group, my brother Garrett. So Garrett, we've been working together now for how long? Two years? Two and a half years? We've been working together about two years now. So far, I mean, we had some ups and downs and backs and forths and just figuring out really how each other work. But I wanted to bring Garrett on, first of all, because I think that it's great to hear from the behind the scenes team. And second of all, I think it's great for Garrett to get the experience of being a guest in here so you can understand the immense pressure that's weighing down on us this whole time. Anyway, we're going to pull some cards, you know, entirely unrelated to massage, but (laughs) this whole episode is for fun anyway. So without further ado Garrett do you want to tell a little bit about yourself and three unique facts that people wouldn't really know about you just so they can get to know you better so I've been an audio editor for it's gonna be about eight months I believe it was back in September that Eric came to me Okay, Garrett, we're going to do a podcast. I have an interview here. I need you to edit. And I'm like, what? What? Had to learn on my feet how to do this. And I think overall, I've been doing a good job. I'm learning as I go, learning quick. I spend off time creating art. I definitely enjoy painting and markers, exploring color is great and the third fact i bike to work i have worked my life out so that i don't own a car and i don't particularly need one so i get my exercise and my commute all wrapped into one yep and just as a side note when garrett talks about his work he's talking about his second job this doesn't need any biking he can do this from his bedroom Great. So let's answer some questions. First question would be, if there was a fire, what would be the first thing that you take out of the house besides family members or pets? That's a difficult one because I can look around my room and see a lot of stuff that can be replaced. So more than likely my sketchbook, I don't want to lose that. I don't post my art anywhere. So it's the only place where that is and it means a lot to me so what's something that 
you've dreamed of doing for a long time, but have never done? And why? That would be writing a book. I've just haven't made the time. A lot of it is fear of failure. It's perfect in my head. So as long as I don't actually create it, it can never be bad. It's a very stupid way of looking at things because if you don't ever try, you won't get the experience to make something truly amazing. Getting the experience to actually write out something great won't just happen. Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah, I think that writing or working on a book is definitely a lifetime achievement. You know, it's something I think a lot of people want to do. It's just a matter of putting yourself out there and doing it. I'm still finishing up the formatting for my book. But on to the next question. If you could make a 30-second speech to the entire world that everybody would hear, what would you say? I'm assuming that the way of communicating to the people is a shouting down from the heavens. It's not like I grab the microphone and yell at the people via the international TVs. It's like more mystical than that. So from the heavens, I'd shout, hey, you, no one else can hear me. I'm from the future. Whatever you do in the next week, you cannot be seen by anyone. It's imperative that you are not seen by anyone. Because like for a week, everyone in the world is hiding from everyone else. It's like who, who picks like the spot underneath the cupboards, who like has their secret cave base to go hide away in. And like, would they notice that everyone else is trying to hide too? Wouldn't they be surprised that it's in English? Probably. But I'm guessing if it's a speech to everyone in the world, it's in their local language. Because otherwise, the speech isn't very effective. No one said that that was one of the parameters, but we can give you that one, I guess. Okay. So what is something that's too serious to joke about? I remember your answer to this question, actually from a few episodes ago and I have to agree with that that something I can't stand people joke about is suicide and with for the longest time mental health being like something people don't talk about it doesn't treat people who are actually suffering from suicidal thoughts or depression well and it it doesn't promote them not acting on those thoughts it honestly, I think, makes things worse. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. So some magical being comes along and brings back your 16-year-old self and makes them your new roommate. What is the first thing that y'all would fight about? Well, probably I'd get a little myth that he's not paying any rent. Because he's 16, and what is he going to go do, work a paper route? So I'd be like, okay, you need to clean up stuff. He's going to be like, yeah, do I have to? Getting him to pull his own weight would be difficult, which I know where I've come from and who I was. It'd be difficult because I know that there are things I understand now that I 
didn't believe then. Yeah, I think this question is really interesting because it really shows the lessons that we've learned, the difference between where we were and where we are now, and the ways that we think that we most grew, or you know, almost the disparity between the two is interesting because it's like, what would you argue about? And that shows like an implied change of perspective. You would want to have stuff to argue about because you wouldn't want to have the exact same views that you did when you were 16. I mean, it doesn't matter if you were 17 or 18, you would want to have grown in your understanding of the world. So I think you've grown a lot. Definitely been a journey. Okay. Next question is, you can either choose to save yourself or save a thousand strangers. Who would you sacrifice? Honestly, it's just kind of a numbers game. As much as I love myself, which the listeners may find evident, I'd probably end up taking the hit for a thousand people. And I know the follow-up question is if nobody knew about it. Well, I would know about it and I wouldn't be able to live with I led a thousand people to die or allowed them to die. I think I'd still do it. I mean, but they're going to die anyway. Is it just like you don't want to have that like karmic conscious weight? What's the difference between them dying, you know, 20 years later, heart attack or something and them dying right then? I gave them a little extra time. I didn't cause their deaths. They'll die eventually, yes. I'll die eventually, yes. But 1,000 is a lot. Like, that's a lot of people. So. Well, the reason we changed to 1,000 is because we had 100, everybody picked themselves. So I decided to up the ante. We'll probably pick them. What if there's one, like a one person? Thing. I'd give them a good look up and down, quickly judge the book by its cover, and how I felt about that, I would sacrifice them or myself. It's not like I'm a particularly selfless person. I'm doing it for selfish reasons because I don't want the guilt. I'm not doing it to particularly save the people because I'm like, oh, they could be good people. It's strangers. I don't know anything about them, but still the fault would be on me. What if it was a clone of you or like a copy of you, like an alternate dimension version of you? You had the choice to push the button and end his experience in his dimension or yours. Well, I guess they're offered the same choice. You don't know. Probably end up saving myself because it's another dimension. It doesn't particularly matter. I'm in this one. So other than this one thing, none of my actions will affect that other dimension. And as far as I know, it won't affect me. So I'd probably save myself. All right. If your life was a movie, what actor would play you? It's just Jim Carrey. I think he would be able to really get my more manic and excited moments. I don't know how he'd deal with the more deadpan bits I have, but that's the director's job to work that through. 
would you choose like the younger Jim Carrey, like Dumb and Dumber style? Like, I don't know if he could do the deadpan stuff, but I wonder if like older Jim Carrey could pull that off, you know, because he's done some serious roles. Didn't he do Birdman or something? Some bird thing? The Truman Show, Jim Carrey. But it really comes down to win in my life. It'd be interesting to see the future of my life in a movie. All right. So without saying the category, what would be your top three choices? Markers, baking, and audiobooks. Markers, baking, and audiobooks. I kind of gave away what the category was by what I said earlier. Mm, top things that have a K in them? No. Top skills Ways you want to have? Spending my free time. Oh. Wait, where's markers? Like making markers? Playing with markers? No, no, like drawing with markers. Oh. Okay, so drawing, baking, and reading. Okay. We'll wrap it up with a few final questions. What was the last thing that kept you awake at night? And are you pursuing it to this day? Uh, that would have to be about a week or so ago. I'm constantly thinking about stories. Like I just sit in bed before falling asleep and just think about them. And it gets to a point where I'm just like sitting in the dark and I'm like, please, it's like 1.30 a.m. I've been sitting in bed for three and a half hours. I got to get to sleep. But like I hooked on to that really good like strand and I'm just like following it through. Like, oh, this works. No, no, this this works better because then I can go that way with this. I guess I keep myself entertained a bit much. All right. So here's story time with Garrett. Tell about your favorite teacher. This would be while I was at college. And funnily enough, it was my, I believe it was my algebra teacher. That's typically the most boring class. And the guy knew it. He's like, you'll probably never use this information in your regular life. However, what you're learning here is the ability to learn a new skill via being taught in a classroom setting. And he made it really fun because he'd like, he'd teach us a mathematic formula. And then he'd tell the story of the mathematician who came up with it. Like, threw this weird wrench into what I was thinking about because I was like, wait a minute, being a mathematician used to be like a legitimate job. There were cults, like I believe it's the cult of Pythagoras that tried to throw this guy over a boat. Or it was a different cult that threw Pythagoras over boat. Okay, Garrett, if you were in charge of creating Earth's flag, what would it look like? I think I just edited this question recently in another episode. If putting a little like ping pong ball sized Earth on top of the antenna of the spaceship, kind of like how cars have, that isn't an option. And I have to do a two-dimensional image. It would probably be the background as red as the uh, centerpiece. It'd be a fist holding up the earth. Like where the earth is centered on is where the flag was made or where the spaceship was built. And I'm assuming we're an intergalactic at this point. It's so that 
each country still has kind of its individual identity because they're still going to have their flag but like you can't just say okay this is the definitive picture of the earth because everyone is like what why aren't i at the center of it maybe maybe to prevent argument it's a fist holding up a circle which is half Wait, blue so and how half is the green. fist holding it up like i'm confused about that part is it like balanced on the top of the fist or are you talking it's about like, like, it's a like hand? holding it in the palm so like okay like fingers are wrapped around the edge so like with oh, flags okay. you've got to make it simple enough where you can see it from a distance and recognize it or that a child can draw that's interesting because it's the point of the, having the hand just to show off that, you know, opposable thumbs. Are we like, is that their bragging point to like other aliens? Actually, growing up, there's this cartoon called Sergeant Savage and the bad guys had a fist like yes, grabbing the earth of. and it's like crushing it. The first thing I thought of was, um, what was his name? The guy in the tank. It's like an iron fist, but I do like a, a more human looking hand. I don't know what color it'd be. I'd probably find the average of all skin colors to all blended together or same thing with the countries, the skin colors based off of the average of that country for the flag. So it's a lot of different, but similar looking flags. Interesting. That about wraps it up for us for today. Any words you have for our guests? I hope y'all are enjoying the show. Thank you for listening to the Happy Successful Massage Therapist podcast with Eric DeGear. Join our free Facebook group under the same name. If you are interested in one-on-one coaching or our massage mastermind group, you can apply at degear.biz and massagesuccess.club. Please support our podcast by purchasing the 420 and Happy Hour games at potatogames.com. Get $10 off when you buy both games using the secret code podcast. As always, see you on the flip side.